Welcome to In China with Michelle Zhou. Manufacturers have long known China to be a leader in their industry, but now the world is recognizing China as a business center for companies, market traders, education, and artists. It's no wonder that the economy has grown to be the world's second largest. In our program, you'll learn from the thought leaders and professionals who have lived in both the U.S. and China and continue to do business there. Now, here is your host, Michelle Zhou. Welcome to In China with Michelle Zhou. I'm your host, Michelle. I'm the CEO of Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. We help American and Chinese organizations learn from each other, bridge their needs, and grow their businesses internationally. You can contact me at our company website, ptcgconsulting.com, and connect me on LinkedIn. Today, I'm bringing back Rain Reed to the show. She's my guest in our last episode, Growing Global Influence, Chinese Customers and Fashion. We touched on a very important topic last time on sustainability in the fashion industry, and we decided to dedicate an entire episode for that topic, China and the Sustainable Fashion. Rain has 30 years' experience in the fashion industry, has worked for Gap as a senior director of product development and buying in China. And she has lived in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Today, she's calling from London, where she's teaching in a university. Welcome back to the show, Rain. Thanks, Michelle. It's great to be here. Mm-hmm. I think I did a very brief introduction of you. It's best to come from your own mouth directly to just let our audience refresh the memory who you are. And uh, now let's, uh, again, tie it with uh, your experience with China and uh, your new gig on the sustainable fashion. (laughs) So great. I've been in the business of fashion for 30 years. I've worked across all different sizes of brands, big and small. And I've worked across the global marketplace and really came into the industry on the design side. And I've worked my way through operations and merchandising and strategy. And it's really been an amazing opportunity because I've been able to live and work in fashion capitals across the world. So uh, Los Angeles, New York, London, Shanghai, Singapore, and all of those places have inspired so much in terms of our life and our creativity and how I think about fashion and fashion consumers. Mm-hmm. Great. My, yeah. So my current passion is sustainability. And I believe in fact, the fashion industry. I believe in the fashion industry as a key influence on culture. And I think this is one of the most important, that is, I think sustainability is one of the most important objectives of the fashion industry moving into the next decade. It's our ultimate design challenge to figure out how to shift from where we are today to where we need to go. Yeah, when we think about sustainability, in my mind, that comes immediately things like the housing, buildings, and the environment, you know, those kind of things related to this world. So when we're talking about fashion, what is sustainable fashion in your concept? Great question. So let's first define sustainability overall, because you're right, it applies as a concept to everything. It's an objective. So if you think about sustainability as really the capacity to endure, 
just how you can continue to remain productive indefinitely. The concept of sustainable fashion means that fashion needs to think about a way of doing business that is less harmful to the environment. So I think it's fair to say that the current filter or focus of sustainability, which has been around a long time, has now become an environmental priority, where maybe 20 years ago, it was more of a a people priority or a profit priority. But now it's really a balance of what can we do to ensure that fashion as an industry is less harmful to the environment. Mm-hmm. So the fashion as an industry sounds like it is very harmful to the environment. <laughs> okay, uh, let's peel it down a little bit. Why today it is harmful to the environment? Then we look at why sustainability or sustainable fashion matters to us, to the earth, to the environment. So I think there are a couple, there are two points. The first overarching statement, I think, because it's important for everyone to remember that there is climate imperative. So the United Nations report was published last year saying that we are on track for significant global warming. The temperature is to increase by 2.7 degrees by 2040 if we continue at the rate of impact to the environment. And that impacts everything we do, everything from the weather to the way crops are grown to coral reefs to the glaciers and our water supply. So, but how is that uh, connected to fashion, to the clothes we're wearing every day? It's a great question. So fashion is the second most polluting industry in the world. And two key facts, really, Michelle, that are nothing to be proud of, but they are the facts. And if you don't know the facts, you can't solve for the future. So the first fact I would share is that the fashion industry accounts for 8 to 10% of all global carbon emissions, which is more of an impact than all international flights and maritime shipping combined. Wow, that's shocking to me. It's shocking. And actually, as someone who's been in the industry for 30 years, it's shocking to me too. And part of these emissions come from the water that's pumped to irrigate irrigate very thirsty crops like cotton, Mm -hmm. the application of oil-based pesticides, machinery used for harvesting or manufacture, and emissions from transport. So overall... Global carbon emissions is uh, something that the fashion industry is now aware of, and many companies have started to put measurable goals against reducing their carbon emissions as they measure their baseline. Mm. The second fact that, Michelle, I thought was astonishing was that over the last 15 years, so really from 2000 to 2015, the fashion industry doubled the number of clothing items produced. So that by 2015, the fashion industry produced 100 billion clothes, 100 billion separate items of clothes. Over that same period, the population did not grow at the same rate. So 100 billion pieces of apparel for 7 billion humans on the planet. So you can see, just if you think logically about that, that is leading to 
overproduction, which is leading to overconsumption. So that's not the only fact. The other fact is that people are buying more than they used to, but wearing each garment less. Mm -hmm. So if you think about this this idea called clothing utilization, which the the scientists measure, people are buying 60% more. They're wearing each garment 35% less, sometimes only 7 to 10 times per... Well, I feel bad when you say these words because I do have clothes that I wear one time that is... They see the closet forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I don't think you're alone in that. In fact, I just read a statistic today that said the average person only wears 20% of the items in their closet that they own. Mm -hmm. So all of these facts, when you put them together, it means that we, as an industry, have overproduced and that consumers we have overconsumed, and when we are not thinking about clothing as protection, as comfort, we don't value it as much. What the truth of it is, it's ending in the landfill. And the the textiles that we're using in the fashion industry today are not all recyclable, and they're not all biodegradable. So the reality of this overproduction, this overconsumption, less wear, is that a lot of those 100 billion items are sitting in landfill somewhere on this planet. And that's not sustainable, certainly. Mm. So that brings me this image of, you know, each of us, and especially people living in this developed country, we have a lot of clothes hanging there, uh, not really using much and uh, at the end, uh, these things will just uh, go to landfill. It's such a big waste. So it brings me the kind of um, urge that, um, well, I should uh, either cut down my spending on clothing (laughs) (laughs) or do something, right? Maybe find ways to recycle or, you know, get those uh, clothes to a place that can be better utilized versus just uh, end to the landfill place. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's definitely a call to action for all consumers. The interesting thing to consider is oftentimes just taking something to the charity shop or putting something in a recycled bin isn't any better than just throwing it directly in the landfill. Charity shops are swamped with people cleaning out their closets and just dumping clothes on them. And so the real call to action is in around textile recycling, it's around reuse, thinking about how you could maybe share the clothes or maybe the end of their life for you, but maybe someone you know could benefit from using them, upcycle them, maybe combining two garments into one. There are lots of different ways to think about slowing your spending and sort of repurposing your wardrobe. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, probably most people are like me, haven't really thought about this uh, sustainability type of things when we spending our money buying new clothes. It's just a relatively new concept to us when we think about our clothes. I think uh, as a call to action, that's the first step, right? Be aware of all the things surrounding with us, your clothes, they have an impact on the earth. And they have an impact on not just today, how we live, but to the future generations. 
Absolutely right. And to that point, actually, Michelle, I think having lived in China from 2012 to 2016, I actually think the Chinese consumer and the idea of sustainability could really resonate with the Chinese consumer. Because if you think about sustainability being about operating in a way or under an objective that the needs of future generations are met um, through the actions of the previous generation and the fact that China that China's in the, the midst of a big multi-generational change with the growing economy, I think the time is now to think about consumption patterns without the bad habits that maybe they're that are existing in the Western world. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know, Michelle, I'm curious if you think that the consumption patterns in China could be any different than they are in the West. Well, like last time we talked about, in China, it's the recent uh, 20 years uh, people's purchasing power become to catching up uh, you know, in the past 20 years, people's purchase power really start to catch up. Many years ago, as I mentioned last time to you, that when I grew up, we didn't have any new clothes or we didn't have a lot, right? So at that time, there's a very little waste. And older people carry that kind of mindset and habit until today. But the newer generations grew up with a richer type of economic and uh, have stronger purchasing power. So we start to catch up with the Western world uh, in terms of consumption. And I remember mm. when I came to the U.S. Uh, 20 plus years ago, I went to my American friend's home and uh, in her walk-in closet, I saw all those clothes uh, hanging there. I was like totally amazed. I couldn't mm. imagine that. That today, if you walk into my closet, it's like that, right? So people's behavior is changing based on all these big chains happening surrounding us. We have more money and uh, there are a lot of more choices there. And uh, the mindset from just, uh, you know, have something functional to today, well, it's beauty. It's uh, the fashion represents your taste and your social status. Right, all these different things combined that cost to today. Well, uh, even in China, uh, you see, especially in um, in big cities, in, uh, among people who have certain purchasing power, uh, you see this uh, over purchasing <laughs> with a lot of clothes and wearing, you know, less the usability of those clothes are reducing. So overconsumption it, happens. Yeah. Yeah, catching up with the Western world, <laughs> I would say. China's caught up very fast. And, and I'm reminding myself of the, the fact that we talked about last time we spoke, which is China is now the world's biggest retail market and the world's biggest fashion market. So if that rate of consumption that you're talking about continues, I think we'll, we'll be in, a, in quite a difficult situation, particularly because the fibers and textiles that are currently being used in the fashion industry, like we talked about before, are not necessarily uh, recyclable easily or biodegradable. I think we really need to, to think about how to change our own behaviors and as businesses think about how to promote different choices for customers. It's interesting you 
say that about clothing utilization, Michelle, because now it also reminds me of a fact that I read. So in the Western world, clothing utilization has dropped by a third. So we 35% less utilized than it was before. In China, that number is actually 70. So people are only really getting 30% of utilization today on a single piece of apparel than they were 10 years ago. Pretty mm-hmm. significant. Yeah, yeah. Pretty significant. So we kind of touched from the consumer side what we can do. First, to have this awareness of sustainability in terms of our clothing. And then we talked about the behaviors change and what's kind of impact from that. I think let's take a break. And when we come back, we can dig into more about what role can China play in influencing sustainable practices in fashion. And we will also look from the industry side to see what we can do there. China is now the second largest economy in the world. There are hundreds of opportunities for worldwide business professionals to start looking in China. From business leaders to manufacturers to artists and students, you need to discover these opportunities to grow your business and your career. Listen every week for In China with Michelle Zhou, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For business sake, you need to tune in. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Before the break, Rain and I talked about what is sustainable fashion. Well, and we also talked about from a consumer standpoint, how we can be aware of sustainability in the clothing that we're wearing and how we can think about our behavior on the consumption in the apparel side. We touched very briefly on China's impact in this because China has a lot of consumers in terms of fashion. That's if every Chinese, like everybody else in the Western world, start to think about sustainability in our daily life and in our clothing, then we can help this world. Now, I want to discuss about the role that China can play in the fashion industry in terms of industry side of things that can influence in sustainability in fashion. One of the statistics I want to share first before we jump into it is think about this phenomenon of made in China. According to the research, 50% of the world's apparel is manufactured in China. Now, let's take a look into this side in terms of manufacturing. So, Rain, what do you think about the current practice that China's impact and China's role that can play in terms of sustainability for fashion? Well, I think that China has a unique opportunity to drive sustainability through the industry based on their proximity to the fashion supply chain. As you spoke about, they produce 50% of the world's apparel. 
that's a lot. And the exports of textiles and apparel are over 110 billion U.S. dollars. And within China, there are more than 100,000 manufacturers. So the industry is large and meaningful in China. And, and I think the opportunity is there is also a statistic that says 53% of the waste of the fashion industry comes from China. So the advantage is producing 50%, but there's also a huge amount of waste that comes as an output of clothing manufacturer. And so when we think about sustainability and when we think about the amount of waste, 70,000 tons produced every day, 2.5 billion billion tons of polluted wastewater, the opportunity is for Chinese manufacturers to use their innovation and their initiative to solve some of those problems within the manufacturing mm-hmm. ecosystem. Yeah, and so. it's not an easy solution. It, it's definitely not an easy solution. But I do know that the global conversation with the brands and leaders in the industry, everyone is looking for a solution. And I remember when we started getting faster in this industry, you know, really the rise of fast fashion was about 2006. And Chinese manufacturers stepped up, stepped in line, and really became great partners as, at the time, Western brands started to get faster and faster and faster in their supply chain. And I think it's a different challenge now, which is Chinese manufacturers becoming more sustainable in their supply chains and really promoting that as business, as part of their business and part of their business model. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from what you just mentioned, uh, it looks like uh, during the manufacturing process, there's uh, tons of waste generated. You mentioned about water and uh, you mentioned about uh, probably the textile you know, production process and there's some sort of uh, waste. And uh, the number just uh, shocking me, right? You said, uh, I think you said uh, 70 hundreds of tons of waste produced every day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's significant what we've been talking about. Some ideas around what you can do with the waste that comes from fashion. If you think just about the material waste, so when you're laying fabric on the cutting table and you're laying patterns on and you cut the pieces or the panels that are sewn together to create a garment there are scraps that are remaining. And the question is, what is the higher purpose for those scraps? Rather than just putting them into the landfill Mm -hmm. or just tossing them out, can they be used for some cascaded recycling? Could they become filling for pillows or mattresses? Could those scraps be recycled into a form of packaging um, or paper? There's a lot of, of interest, I think, implying what's called circularity or closed-loop manufacturing processes within the industry. So even the waste becomes something of value. Even the waste becomes um, something of benefit that can be reused or dyeing of textiles. Textile dyeing produces, not only is done with toxic chemicals, which go back into the groundwater and not good for the environment or the people that live in the environment. If you could reduce the textile dyeing or improve the dyes themselves, there are other ways you could print patterns on fabric. Digital printing 
is a very important part of a sustainable fashion supply chain because you're doing just that. You're printing uh, batches of fabric versus dyeing them. So sustainability is about trade-offs. There's not one perfect solution, but there's an important discussion about options. And 3D printing is definitely an option. And 3D and digital printing of fabric is also becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. That brings me to the technology side. Looks like uh, from, you know, just we discussed and the brainstorming about uh, these potential new things that can help the industry evolve from the traditional way of doing things, from the processes and the materials being used and how things can be done, probably technology can help to really change the way how we traditionally do things and that generates impact on how we can consider sustainability in the fashion industry. So what's your research shows that technology is playing a role here? So I think technology is the backbone of any improvement towards sustainability. Technology can play so many different roles in changing the way the industry operates for the better. I'll give you two examples. So if you think about creating new types of fibers that can be recycled, that can be reused, that are more earth-friendly in their manufacture, I think technology can definitely play a part in that. There are other discussions happening around technology on the concept of blockchain. So, Michelle, I know you've had lots of discussions around blockchain. There is a big call in the industry for traceability and transparency in supply chain, the value chain of manufacturing for fashion. People just don't know where the the yarn has been made, where it's been woven, where the garment was sewn. And so if we could use ideas like blockchain to really allow for clear, traceable, transparent provenance of a garment, I think that's the future. That's the call to action. So that people feel good about where their clothes are coming from and who have made their clothes. Mm -hmm. There's a third part about technology too, Michelle, that I think you and I have talked about previously, which is technology in the context of recycling. What I've really come to observe and investigate is the lack of innovation in the textile recycling ecosystem. So while you think about paper and plastic recycling is more sophisticated, though there's still significant work to do in both of those materials, textiles is significantly lagging behind those two other materials in terms of recyclability Mm. and technology that would enable the recycling not only of current fibers, but these other fibers that technology is creating. I think technology is one of the big answers. What do you think? Yeah, because currently, I think uh, when we think about uh, the clothing that uh, we don't want, it's either we have it donated or sent somewhere, like the charity shops you mentioned. So 
other people can use it, or just to throw it away, right? To end up to the landfill. But if there's some sort of technology can take these materials down to something that can be made to other things, that would be great. Second is. So, like a paper and a plastic and many other things that can can be deconstructible and then, you know, they will not be harmful to the earth. So, yeah, those are the things that probably people in the technology space can take a deeper look into it. And I hope to hear a lot of more news from this space that can really help us enable sustainability in terms of our fashion industry. So let's take a quick break now, and then when we come back, we will look into some examples, and especially the examples in China that companies are focusing on sustainability in fashion industry. Are you interested in expanding your business to China, but don't know how to start? Are you wondering how to grow your sales in the China market and win over competition? Meet Michelle Zhou and her team at Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. Our consultants are U.S.-China experts and have all lived and worked in both the U.S. and China, with many years' experience in market entry strategies, management, and execution. We can help you find the right partners, develop opportunities, and grow your business in China. Please visit ptcgconsulting.com today. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting dot com. Now back to this week's program. Okay, we are back. Before the break, we touched on, from the industry standpoint, how sustainable practices in the fashion industry, and we talked from manufacturing and technology standpoints. Now,、uh, Rain, I think it will be helpful if you can share a couple of examples, and especially something that related in China, related to China, that helps our audience understand. How different companies、uh, they can use their manufacturing processes or new technology to help、uh, sustainability in the fashion industry. Sure, I think there are a lot of really interesting examples and new examples coming every day, Michelle. To be honest with you, you hear great things around work in the textile space again, with companies using recycled plastics where they're. Either getting it from post-consumer recycled centers, and they're turning it into components of shoes, or turning it into swimwear, or maybe a more socially driven enterprise, and they're actually retrieving、uh, excess fishing nets and plastics from the oceans, giving money back to the organizations that do that, and then taking that waste, that plastic waste, again, and recycling it into. Right now, it's more about shoes and maybe some swimwear, but there are companies really dedicated to doing that. Adidas just launched a fantastic new product that's made from recycled ocean plastics. Another interesting development is where we're starting to think about textiles using a biological base. As you think about agri waste from maybe the pineapple crop. 
um, there is a pineapple leather that's being developed or textiles being woven out of bamboo or using excess coconut husks to create materials that can be used in bags and belts and shoes. So there's a lot of interesting innovations that are happening in the textile space. I think well, what's also really... You know, go ahead, please. Uh-huh. Well, talk about uh, textiles made by bamboo. I do wear socks made by bamboo. I got those socks <laughs> when I was visiting China. And, uh, you know, the materials, it's hard to tell from, if I was not told that this is made from bamboo, I wouldn't know. It feels, uh, you know, similar to cotton. Uh, it's good. And uh, I was told that uh, these type of socks, they are just compared to the regular cotton socks, they can keep your feet uh, out of uh, those uh, humidity better. Mm. And, uh, you know, your shoes, your socks don't smell so bad <laughs> after wearing it. Yeah, they, so, they're quite <laughs> absorbent, I think. <laughs> and they breathe well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's something there, right? I don't know the technology behind it, but uh, that's one of the reasons when I heard about that. I said, oh, okay, let me give it a try. <laughs> so I bought some socks <laughs> made by bamboo. <laughs> but I think that's an important point, actually, Michelle. What we're reading with all the consumer research is that while people want to buy into sustainability and try new fibers or new ideas, maybe recycled plastics, the product still has to be right. So the bottom line is, it's great that it's a bamboo sock, but it's even better that it's just a great sock and it's made sustainably. And the bamboo fiber actually is very effective absorbing moisture. So all of this difference, all of these different innovations really help us think differently about the fibers that we're using. But also, it's just as creating a better product. And I think that's really important uh, at the consumer, at the consumer level, um, there's an interesting little company called Icicle that for 20 years they've been making your bamboo socks and using organic co- and the outcome of soybean crop with natural dyes from plant extracts. So there are a lot of companies doing business in China and Chinese companies that are very dedicated to natural fibers and and low-impact production that have been doing it for a long time. So they're not just jumping on the bandwagon now. But there are a couple of big drivers in these space. If you think about a company like JD, who has come out recently and has said they are actively taking steps to reduce their carbon footprint or impact as they're delivering all of the packages all over China. And they're thinking differently about the types of boxes they're, they're using, even the amount of tape that they're using. Um, they're converting all of their delivery f- fleet to a, a green vehicle. So I think there's, in addition to textile manufacturing and textile innovation, I think there are operating models that are innovating. And somebody like JD doing that is going to make a huge impact on the way consumers are thinking about receiving their packages and recycling their packaging. Yeah, JD is like Amazon uh, in the U.S., Yeah, the e-commerce platform where people can buy all kinds of things, consumer products, and then got delivered to your door. Yeah, exactly. I think that kind of work is important to see the big Chinese companies standing 
in front of sustainability, willingness to make changes to their own operating model. And frankly, the most important part of sustainability is to get consumers thinking differently. And big companies like JD or JBNY, which is a fantastic fashion retailer, they've just launched a whole new circular fashion brand called Reverb, which is really changing the way that big fashion company is thinking about their environmental impact. So if we can start to get this kind of traction with the big companies, it's going to make a difference, I think, in the way Chinese consumers are thinking and shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the JNBY. I think the Chinese name is Jiangnan Buyi. And、mm. uh, in Seattle, we have a couple of their chain stores here. I'm glad to hear that、uh, what you just mentioned, what they are doing, looks like、uh, they are one of those companies thinking about、uh, sustainability、uh, in the very front. Yeah, I mean, you'll hear the shoe industry is actually the Nike and the Adidas、uh, commitment to thinking differently about their own supply chains and their products and incorporating recycled materials and, and fair working conditions in their factories. Nike and Adidas have really stepped in the front to make statements and drive change the sustainability t o that message. I think it's very important. But again, they don't talk to the consumer directly about. This is a sustainable shoe. They say, isn't this a great shoe? And its technical details are exactly what you need to run better, run faster, run longer. Oh, and by the way, there's all sorts of new and innovative materials that make up this shoe. The other, on the shoe front, there's another interesting brand, not Chinese, but French, but I think maybe sold in China. It's called Veja, and it's a vegan shoe. So it's not leather, but it's Leather like shoe that's made in a sustainable factory in Brazil, and that has become one of the top shoes in fashion. So, vegan the idea of vegan shoes has、mm. become、uh, quite a hot topic in 2018. Wow, sounds like there are a lot of、uh, different ways from the industry, from those brands, they are thinking about、uh, sustainability, and from materials side. As well as their process operations, they are doing something to help improve sustainability in this industry. I think the important thing to note also is that the change that's required for all of us to live more sustainable lives it takes more than just one or two companies, it takes an entire industry working in a completely different way. So, every effort is a meaningful difference. And it's a, it's a collective effort, and it requires collaboration and potentially less competition.、Mm-hmm. And fashion is a very competitive industry. Yeah, I know you are very passionate about this、uh, these days, and it's your new focus after working in the industry for 30 years. So, what are some specific、uh, tips that,、uh, or call to actions that you want to summarize、uh, to our? Uh, audience, as well as to people in the industry. Let's start from consumer side, right? What are some specific call to actions that you want to highlight here? Well, I think consumers need to think about overall the volume of things that they're buying and think maybe differently about instead of buying three pieces, buy one piece that is meaningful, that is meant to last, that has. Some value to it. And so you're buying fewer pieces, but the pieces that you're buying mean more and are of a higher quality and maybe last longer. I think on the consumer side, that's one big 
issue. I think on the industry side.、Uh, wait, wait, wait a second. I think besides that, I also suggest、uh, we think about、uh, the things we don't want, we don't need anymore. Maybe instead of just throwing them into the trash can and go to the landfill, maybe they are recyclable. I know in the U.S. there are some services that you can put your clothing, your apparels to this specific place, or they can come up to pick it up, and they have ways to reuse or recycle them to make it more useful than ending up to the land waste. Absolutely, I think. On the consumer side, we need to take a we call the four R's, which is one reduce. So reduce the amount you're buying, and when you're purchasing, make it more meaningful. And to your point, Michelle, figure out how you can reuse or recycle something. And you do have to take some time, maybe in the neighborhood where you live, to find out what the recycling options are because they do vary city by city.、Mm. Um, but I think reuse and recycle. Are really important, and I think the fourth R, which is really important on the consumer side, is repair. If something can be repaired, that lost art of sewing the button back on or darning a little hole—it's good practice to <laughs> repair something if you can. And I think, you know, maybe my grandmother's generation—they repaired everything that they they possibly could. And granted, the clothing was a higher quality than it is. Now, potentially, if someone's a big fast fashion shopper, but I still think repair is a very important part of of sustainability. So again, the four R's: reduce, reuse, recycle, and repair. It's great. The four R's. Okay, I keep it in mind, and I will start from myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, from the industry side, what are the tips or call to actions to the industry? Yeah, I think the call to action on the industry is innovation is critical. So I think the, in technology needs to be embraced and applied to create new textiles, new ways of tracking and tracing in the supply chain, and certainly around recycling. So in an industry that is not Known for its love of technology, which fashion is not, we're very much a low-tech industry with high environmental impact. I think we need to change the way we're thinking about technology and how that could help us become more efficient and less impactful, less wasteful, and really start to think about a circular system where. If there is waste within the system, that it's reused, it's cleaned, it's recycled. So things. Have value. I think also in the on the industry side, we need to think about legislation and regulations because fashion is a global industry, and there are people working all over the world. And to make sure that we've got fairness and equitable baselines, I think we need to start talking about、uh, sustainable. Legislation and、uh, getting companies to sign up, but that's just the baseline for doing business. It's not an option、mm-hmm. to be sustainable. It's just the new way of doing business, and sometimes regulation helps with that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also want to add the third thing on the industry side.、Mm-hmm. If there are best practices, we should let more people know. 
So we can adopt new technologies and we can adopt those best practices, the processes, the ways of doing things. So overall, the industry will improve. I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. And Rain, I know you are really dedicating yourself in the sustainable fashion industry these days, and you are doing consulting work uh, and speech engagement in this area. I also know currently you are teaching in universities in London. So what's the best way if people are interested in this area and want to learn more from you? Uh, how do they reach out to you? So I'm available LinkedIn. I'm available via email. So my email address is rainmreed at gmail.com. That's R-A-Y-N-E-M-R-E-E-D at gmail.com. And I'm also on Instagram or through LinkedIn or my email. I'm completely available. And I, I love to have a conversation with anyone about any of these topics. That's great. Well, thanks for spending the time with us and sharing your thoughts about sustainability in the fashion industry, as well as the impact of China's role in this side, in in sustainable fashion industry. I also want to thank our audience for being here with us. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Thank you for tuning into In China with Michelle Zhao. Please join us for another edition next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again next week.